As you know, we've been covering throughout this year how to know God. Knowing God through different things that we've looked at. There's still some major ones we haven't covered. And the one we look at to begin to look at today is knowing God through creation. Through what he has done. It's a real shame as you <clears throat> look around at the world's population and most people don't know God. But they have all the evidence right at their huh, fingertips, we could say, in their eyes, in their ears. They can see, they can hear what God has done all around them. And <clears throat> what one believes about the physical universe, where it came from, who is responsible for it and where it's headed will affect your whole philosophy of life. We call it the world view that you have. Where do you believe it all came from? What does Hebrews say that we ought to believe? What word does it use? It uses the word faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hey, aren't you glad you've got someone to trust in and if, instead of something like a big bang? <laughs> How could it come about with such organisation, with such structure that it has by a, an explosion? That's more faith to believe that, isn't it? than to believe God is, always has been, and always will be. And he is concerned, as we see in this psalm, and loves us and has given himself for us, his son. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for all your great dealings with us. Thank you for your word that you've shared and given to us down through the millennia. We pray, Lord, that we would take heed to it, would read it, understand it, comprehend it, and understand how you are concerned for each and every individual. On, in this world <clears throat> you're not willing that any of them should perish but all should come to repentance Lord bless the word to our hearts today may we as Christians be encouraged and if there's one who is not a Christian here or listening in Lord may they consider your, your ownership of them and how much they owe you how much we owe you Lord all things without you we would not be thank you for Lord, your presence with us and the promise that you are, you are with those, even two or three, that are gathered together. Thank you, Lord, for the week past and all the opportunity to minister. Thank you for those that have been here at the church who are not Christians but heard the word of the Lord. And may that continue ringing their ears and in their hearts that they, Lord, might respond as the, water, the word is given and as it is watered, may it bear fruit in the lives of people. We ask and pray your blessing upon us today and always in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have the <coughs> there your order of service, we have <coughs> the outline in it. <coughs> First of all, we look at the work of creation. This is not in Psalm 139. That comes in a moment. The work of creation that is absolutely remarkable. Now, maybe you live in a house and you stay in a house and you don't, don't get out there to see the work of creation. Um, 
Maybe you haven't travelled and seen how big and immense it all is. But it is absolutely remarkable how it works together, fine-tuned, the creation is. <clears throat> when did all this begin? Now I know that most of you are Christians and have read the Bible and have read the account in Genesis, have you not? <clears throat> how long ago was it that all this got going? Come on, be bold. You know, I'll put the microphone out and everyone can hear you outside there. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, Larry. <laughs> Come up and we'll have an execution here. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> hey, I think you're billions of years out, Larry. <laughs> just, just pluck it from anywhere. <laughs> and you have, yeah, that's what they seem to do, don't they? Pluck a date from anywhere and, and just add a few billion, tens of billions, and you're, you'll get it all work out. What a pathetic way of looking at things okay we have birthdays we celebrate the lord's birthday this week and wednesday is it not when's the earth's birthday has anyone worked it out can you work it out is there enough scripture to show us when it happened see people nodding that's good <laughs> you've been reading <coughs> Who is the man that has done this? And I meant to bring his big book in. It stands about this high, about that wide, and it opens out like a, every page is another chart thing. <clears throat> what was his name? Asher, thank you. <clears throat> he gave us the history of the world as a Christian that searched these things out. Mr. Usher, born 1550, somewhere about that, that's what I'll have to say, and lived to about 1630. <clears throat> Dates might be wrong. But he, without a computer, you know, went to and studied these things out. And <clears throat> he, as far as the Medes and Persians way back there, Daniel's time, he said from then forward you can rely on secular history to be pretty accurate. Uh, and you got the Bible anyway to verify that. From there back, he used the biblical record, the historical account alone. Let's go back to the book of Genesis and see how he would have done this. And you may have done it. I've done it as I've started at Genesis and read through and just wrote the date. Starting date, zero. And then added each generation as they're given. And there is only one that we know of because it's mentioned in the New Testament, one man missing in the generation. So it's probably, you know, a 30-year period or something of that nature. Back to Genesis chapter 5. <clears throat> and we start with verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years. So we're 130 years from creation. And begot a son in his own likeness after his image. And he called him Seth. Then go to verse 6. And Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. So you add what to what to get where? 105 to 130 and you come up with 230. And you keep going down through the generations like that and you come up with the dates. But then you have to work from Christ backward the other way because in the middle is where it gets fuzzy around before the Medes and the Persians. And this is what Asher did. And it's worked out that 2004, 
the 23rd of October 2004 was 6,000 years since creation. Even the day and the date he worked out. <laughs> and the Geological Society in England had a birthday party, mockingly, and saying about Usher how absurd he was <laughs> that he set a date for the creation. And as you look at the biblical record, if you do it, you can work it out. He did. And it's an interesting set of facts and figures that he, he comes up with. But what does the Lord say in Scripture that man's day is? Six. 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 Six thousand years man's been on earth. That's an interesting thing that we've been here for the 6,000 years. And um, <clears throat> the record of history is not a very pretty one, is it? As you read through the Old Testament, as we have historical accounts of the New Testament period, even church, religious organisations over the last 2,000 years, the Crusades, the bloody Crusades that took place. It's a blight on hum humanity to have those can you imagine how many people would be on planet Earth if, all, Earth if all those wars and death and destruction had not happened? But the Lord knew they would. And so <clears throat> we come to today. And you can work through Genesis there and see the birthday of Earth there is around 6,000 years ago, about 15 years ago. So we're 6,015 at this time. That's when it occurred, back there in Genesis, and we have the record. We have the record of somebody that was there. The scientist, as Larry was mockingly referring to them, <laughs> weren't there. They just take a stab in the dark and say it's billions of years old. <clears throat> How did it happen? How did all this come into being? Let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. You see, this is how we can know God. We can look at what he's done and say, who is this individual? <laughs> how great and wonderful and marvellous are his works. His ways are past finding out. And as we know as Christians, for eternity we'll be discovering the wonders of God. <clears throat> and here in John 1 verse 3 it says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And who was that? Well, in verse 1 and 2, it refers to the Word. <clears throat> was with God and the Word was God. All things were made by Him. Let's go over to verse 10 and see, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came to His own, and His own received Him not, that is, to the Jewish nation, and they didn't believe Him. But as many as received him, in verse 12, to them gave he power to become the children or sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, <clears throat> who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word referred to in verses 1 and 2, in verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And there's no mistaking who this word is, was. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who created all things. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so <clears throat> the Word was the one that made the world. <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ created all things. And Ephesians chapter 3, in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, 
and verse 9. <clears throat> we read there, And to make all men see what the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Created all things by whom? The Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. So how was it created? Turn to Isaiah chapter 40 in the Old Testament. How was it created? 40 of the book of Isaiah and verse 12. I like the expressive, expressive language that is used here by Isaiah. Who hath measured out the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span of his hand measured and meted out the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance sounds like a lady cooking a a meal doesn't it with all the scales and balances and a handful of this and a handful of that and, and throw it in and that comes a cake or a a pavlova sounds good. <laughs> and uh, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor? Who hath taught? No one has. He did it himself. How did he? He created it out of nothing. Verse 15 Behold, the nations are like a drop in the bucket, and it counted the, the, as the small dust of the balances. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And verse 18, to whom then will you liken God or what likeness will you compare unto him? As we look around and see God's handiwork, we know how great he is. In verse 21, have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? This is common knowledge. This should be known by all people. It is he who sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are like grasshoppers, <laughs> who standeth out, or stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain, and spreadeth them out like a tent to dwell in. <laughs> this is our God. This is the one. <laughs> Verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? Who bringeth out their host by number? That is the stars. He calleth them by names, by the greatness of his might, for he is strong in power, not one faileth. So yes, he's created all these things. And we ought to say, who did this? You know, when an accident happens, you get the people out there, even if there were witnesses there, they do all the measurements and say, who did it? And the scientists studying all they do about creation, Who did it? Who did it? God did. (laughs) Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. And that's where that ex nihilo comes from, out of nothing. They were not made of things that do appear. That's in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, Verse 16 and 17, it says there, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So we, we know the when 
It's just over 6,000 years ago. And the evolutionists just would mock us as we mock them. Go on mocking, because one day, old evolutionists, whoever they be, will stand before the Creator, because every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess to God who He is and how great He is. Whether they like it or want to or not, they will, the Bible says. And I pray that you have faith, the faith of the Lord imparted that you understand these things. When? How? Why? Is the next question. Why did God create the world? I've had people challenge me on this unsaved people, thinking unsaved people. Why would God create it if he is an all-knowing God and knew what would happen on this planet? So we can live it and know it ourselves? Let's look at what the Bible says. And, and it includes that. In the book of Isaiah 45 and verse 18. Isaiah 45 and verse 18. We read there. For thus saith the Lord who created the heavens. God himself who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be what? Inhabited. So that we might walk this planet. And all the other people might walk this planet. But think of that unsafe person that says, if God knows everything and knew all the chaos that would happen after he created it and man sinned and fell and all the wars and the misery, couldn't have he done something better? Why is this? It all comes back to a little free will. That's what it comes back to. He created us in his image and we can make a choice. Aren't you glad that God knocked on your heart's door one day and said, come to me, recognize me, bow before me, honor me, accept me? You're one of the inhabitants of earth. He's, he's given us all these things in, in this planet richly to enjoy. And in our generation and maybe the one before, we began to enjoy a lot of the things that God has created by manipulating and changing and, and creating things out of them because we are creative individuals. We're people made in his image. But he created it to be inhabited in that, that passage. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Revelation 4.11 reads, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. For what? For His pleasure. He created the world to be inhabited. He said to Adam and Eve and to Noah and his sons and their wives, uh, populate, how did he say it? (laughs) Fill the earth. <laughs> Procreate. Bring, fill this place that I've given you to enjoy with people. And, and really, when you think of it and when it comes to the conclusion about mankind on earth, there, God's purpose at the start, as we've taught you before, was to dwell with Adam and Eve and walk with them in the garden. And at the end, he will tabernacle with man. He wants to fellowship with us. 
create us and then fellowship with us. For his glory we've been created. And it, as it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, whatever you do, whether you eat or whether you drink, what does it say for us as individuals? Do all to the glory of God. And thirdly, Isaiah chapter 43 this time and verse 7. We read there, and you can find more if you hunt them out. Everyone who is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Yes, I'm just jumped the gun on that one, didn't I? And have formed him, yea, I have made him. We have been made for the glory of the Lord. And as it tells us in Corinthians chapter 6 and chapter 3, what? Know ye not? Ye are not your own. You're brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. What you do with your body as a Christian is to glorify God. But what you do with it, you'll, be give, you'll have to give an account to him for it. So the work of creation. When? How? Why? And you can ask the other, uh, what? Four interrogatives that there are and fill out some more if you wish. But now looking at the wonder of creation, getting to Psalm 139. Turn back to the reading of this morning. Psalm. Going briefly through this psalm. The first six verses that we have there speaks of God's omniscience. And notice the word omniscience means knowing. His knowledge. O Lord, thou hast stretched, searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsittings and my uprisings, and understandest my thoughts so far off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down, thou art acquainted with all my ways. For is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. And thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain to it. The, the knowledge of the Lord is beyond our human comprehension, the wonder of creation, the things that he's made, even ourselves, beyond comprehension. Remember Job and his debate with his miserable friends right through the book of Job, after Job was, everything was taken from him, even his health. If you turn to Job chapter 38, the book of Job 38, and I like reading the conclusion of the matter. <laughs> and verses 2 through to 6. <coughs> Who is this that darkeneth counsels by words without what? Knowledge. Job, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know the full picture. And anyone that says they know everything doesn't know anything. <laughs> compared with what could be known, what can be known. And the more you live and the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Huh. Gird up now thy lions like a man, God said to Job, and I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Hey, evolutionists, fit right in there. Where were you when I made the foundation of the world? Declare if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measure, who hath laid the measure of it, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it. And you see here the Lord challenging Job, where were you 
what happened, and right through the whole chapter, which we haven't got time to do. For instance, in verse 8, he said, Or who shut up the sea with the doors when it broke forth, as if it were hath issued out of the womb? He talks about the sea. He talks about the morning. He talks again about the sea in verse 16 to 22, the rivers, the rain, the reservoirs, the lightning, the clouds. And he's challenging Job, where were you? What, what were you doing when these things were done? Do you know about these things? And Job answered in chapter 42. He answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withheld from thee. Who is he that hideth counsels without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that which I understood not, things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee and I will speak, I will demand of thee and declare thou to me, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth, said Job. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. The omniscience of God, the wonder of creation, all that can be seen and known of him. Notice, secondly, and we haven't time to look at many references I'd like to, but the presence of God. What do we say? What's the theological word? Omniscience is the knowledge of God. It's too wonderful for me, Job said. I cannot attain to it. But what about the presence of God? We say omnipresence. Omnipresence. If you go to Psalm 139, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the winds of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall the hand lead me and thy right hand shall uphold me. What is the psalmist saying? What is David saying here? Wherever I go, God is. And when we say the omnipresence of God, God is everywhere. You can't get away from God. You can't hide from God. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, Adam and Eve tried to hide from God in, in the bushes behind a fig leaf. Didn't work. God knew. And the question that God asked, where art thou? He knew. He just drew them out, confessing where they were. And the last, well, it's not quite the last humans on earth. When the Lord judges the earth, what do they try to do? Go and hide from God in the rocks and mounds. Hide us from him that sitteth on the throne, they say. In chapter 6 of Revelation, verse 15 and 17. God is everywhere. You can't get away from God. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. How much does God know? If he's all-knowing, every little thing. He knows every thought you've thought today. He's know, he knows every thought you're going to think the rest of your life, every minute of the day. Such knowledge, as Job said, is too wonderful for me. So, if he knows everything I'm thinking, what should I be thinking? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Righteous thoughts, godly thoughts. And we go off with our imaginations, and we think things we should not think. God knows. And if we thought, thought those thoughts and we're Christians, what should we do if we thought those thoughts? What, First John chapter 1. Confess our sins and he will forgive us of our sins 
even our thought life and everything, everything that could be known. The scientists are just discovering the immensity of the universe. <laughs> they talk about dark matter, which it doesn't seem to be, there's no matter there called dark matter, but they're trying to call it something that they can't see that's there. And all the other things, and they just don't understand. <laughs> the topic's too big to cover in a short time we have. The omnipresence of God, the... <clears throat> The omnipotence of God, the all-powerfulness of God is seen in the next few verses. Verse 13 of Psalm 139. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And then he talks about our substance being made in secret in the lower parts of the earth. Thou did see my substance in verse 16, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. So God knew these things before it happened. He knew how, what did he know about us? Where we'd be born, to whom we'd be born, the colour of our hair, the colour of our eyes, the, the nation, the parents, everything was written. The height you'd grow to, the width you'd grow to. Yeah, he got it all measured up. <laughs> hey, I was going to say, I was thinking, he had to measure you up to fit you with a garment of righteousness. No, <laughs> I don't think it'll be like that. But it's just too wonderful to comprehend what he knows, all these things, before it happened. He is a powerful, omnipotent God. As um, <clears throat> I do get... This magazine, I'm just reading our, our ear. That's big enough for you to see, our ear. And then it's got the, the, the workings of the ear. And it's about four, four pages. I trust that you get things like this and read them. Because it helps you to appreciate who God is. What are we talking about? How to know God. Look at what he's done. Read about what he's done. And understand and praise him for what, has been, what he has done. Um, <clears throat> for those of us that can still hear or hear a little bit. Where, where's Brother Bernie? Uh, <laughs> he didn't know I was going to pick on him, nor, nor did I. <laughs> you haven't got him, have you? No, he hadn't got him. <laughs> He's got some things to wear at work that was given to him by family. Or? Yeah. Yes, like earmuffs. And, and we all had a try from yesterday. We had a day together as a family yesterday and he, he had them on. And he heard me talking. I was around the corner. Or well, someone was talking. I, saw, I heard Sarah. She was, I put them on too. And heard people like, wow, they, they, they're speaking clearly now. <laughs> Haven't heard them like that for a long time. But it's a, and any big noise, a big bang, it cuts out. So you can wear them at work, but he can hear people, but he can't hear the noises. And, uh, and I thought, well, maybe we should have a few for folks in church. Instead of having to try to sit under the speaker, you could put these implements on that help the hearing. And when you think, they've probably got something of what God created. And looking at what God has created, just as far as our hearing, what about the eye? <laughs> and how a physical thing can convert it to the brain and make the brain tell you what 
you're seeing, which is supposed to be all upside down, but it converts it back the right way. It's incredible to know the power of God. And for people who go around this world, evolutionists, and declare it happened by a mistake, there's something wrong with their grey matter. You, you can't say it just happened by a mistake. And I've worked in a lot of tips and cleaning the tips off. And every time I go there, it's just junk. And nothing's formed in the morning. No, no Mercedes-Benz turns up for me. You know, just happen. And, and they're only the creation of man, which is far inferior to the beings, beings that God has created. Are we not? Far, far superior. <laughs> but the Mercedes would be far inferior <laughs> to what God has created in all the animals and human beings. It just boggles the mind that people can't see the wonders of creation and say, who did this? Where is he? What is he like? What are his thoughts? Well, as we see in Psalm, he knows all these things about us. So, if we're created with what we call a defect... What are you going to do? <laughs> Who are you going to blame? <laughs> you see, the blame game starts with us humans and we start saying, God, you gave me this, you did this, you allowed that. No, if it wasn't for man's S-I-N, <laughs> none of these things would be here, would they? It would have continued in a wonderful, with a <laughs> wonderful creation and man without sin. The whole planet would be different. But because of our sin, we're the ones to blame. And the result keeps getting worse as time rolls on. <clears throat> one put it like this. We see he's omniscience, verses 1 to 6. We've mentioned this. He's omnipresence in 7 to 12, in heaven, in the place of the dead, in verse 8, and in the furthest parts of the oceans, and even shines in the darkness, verse 11 and 12. But his omnipotence that we're just looking at <clears throat> is given in verses 13 to 24. God creates and arranges our bodies within the womb, as we've read. He knows us before we're born. He schedules each day of our lives before we are born. He records all our members in a book before we were born. If you've... Uh, I'm, <laughs> We have people today trying to, cut, trying to change everything about themselves. They don't like what they got. <laughs> what are you saying to God when you try to do that? You made a mistake. <laughs> and I don't like what you made in me. Don't do that. God created you and he created you for his glory. And he, he made you for a purpose. And he records all these, he's recorded all these things before it happened. He thinks wonderful and innumerable thoughts about us. Verse 17, how precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. Who wrote this? David. Probably a, a red-haired Jewish boy. The, can I, I better be careful, he, might, he won't be listening. The runt of the family. <laughs> because, you know, when the, when they come, the prophet came to select the one to be the next king. And uh, 
dad arranged all the big boys. And the prophet said, is there someone else? Because I'm not getting from God who this next king is. Oh, yeah, 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 he's, we forgot about him. <laughs> he's out looking after the sheep. <laughs> I'll bring him in. And he was the one. You know, he could have complained, but he wrote these things <laughs> under inspiration of the Spirit. And he's saying, how precious are thy thoughts unto me. And all that David did and accomplished in his life was through the hand of the Lord. Wonderful things God has done for us. He thinks wonderful and innumerable thoughts about us. He only wishes for our best. He's done everything for our eternal abode to get there and on the way to getting there. God's justice is righteous. God's searchings are penetrating. Verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. David was known as a man after God's own heart and this is what he prayed and this is why he was a man after God's own. Lord, you know me, you know me inside out. And there, notice in verse 22, and it just hit me as Brother Dunn was reading this, I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. What have we got going around the media today? Hate speech. <laughs> what did David say about those who were the enemies of God and did not exalt righteousness? I hate them with a perfect hatred. You hate what they say. You love the individual. God loves them and has given himself for them, but he hates what they are doing with what he created. Let God search our hearts. Two closing verses. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5. And a few verses to follow. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 5 through to 11, actually. For, <clears throat> for unto the angels he hath not put in subjection the world to come, of which we speak. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? You know, this is God in all his splendor, all his power, all his glory, all his knowledge. Why even bother with man <laughs> that you visit him? Thou made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands, this world. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, but now we not see not all things put under him. Here it's speaking about God doing this for us, though we are unworthy of all his blessings, and he's given us that position and power and authority over his creative works. God sees what we're doing. God sees what we're up to. God knows what we're thinking. God knows our attitude. His thoughts are very penetrating. In second chapter of First Corinthians, and we'll close with this one, First Corinthians chapter two and verses nine to twelve. But as it is written, 
eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And we are a blessed people that we can, as we think, as we meditate, as we read God's word, as we consider his creative act and the creation that he's created, the Spirit of God teaches us these things. And we begin to understand how wonderful and marvelous he is. And though he knew what we'd do, he still loves us. Still sent his son while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And we can get the deep things of God and understand these things according to verse 10. And we can be a blessed people. What about you? We need to ask ourselves what the psalmist said in those closing verses. Search me, O God. Have we asked the Lord to search us? Know me. Know me. Search me out. Reveal to me anything that I'm doing that is wrong. And show me how to walk in a path of righteousness. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Pray for those, Lord, that might be unsaved that heard your word. and Lord, that they would not walk away saying, don't believe it. Because if they do walk away like that, they only have to believe what's left, and that is nothing. We don't know where we come from. They can become agnostic. They become atheistic. But Lord, they need to become a believer by faith in the Lord Jesus. May they today become that. And Lord, for the, those of us who are Christians, help us to recognize your wonder and your splendor. Help us to say that we, along with the psalmist, can say, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and my soul knoweth right well. And give you honor and give you praise and give you our beings, our bodies, our life and our service. For you are worthy of all glory and all honor for all eternity. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen.